I'm Alec Lace. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Welcome, everybody, to episode 175 of the podcast. I am happy, as always, to be here with you. Thank you for stopping by. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, please get over there and bang that subscribe button. You do not want to miss all the action that is coming your way right here on First Class Fatherhood. All right, dads, I have an awesome guest for you guys on this Warrior Wednesday. Army combat veteran Jason Wood will be here with me in just a few minutes. Jason is now an obstacle course athlete who is on the brink of receiving his Ph.D., so this is going to be a lot of fun. Please stick around for the interview. I have been receiving some mixed reviews about yesterday's episode with unplanned actor Alexander Kane, and that was to be expected. Overall, the majority of the feedback has been positive. If you missed out on it, please go back one episode and take a listen to it. I would love to hear your thoughts on the episode. I recently put out a list of my top five most downloaded episodes so far in 2019, and number one on the list was my interview with lone survivor Marcus Luttrell, who I had the honor of speaking with along with his wife Melanie, and I couldn't be happier to see that episode drawing big attention because it was such a special one for me. Closely behind that is my Super Bowl 53 Media Day episode in which I spoke with Tom Brady, Bill Belichick, Julian Edelman, and other stars about fatherhood and family life. Uh, That was a great experience that I had this year. Uh, The interview I did with Tony Hawk has been doing extremely well. His followers and fans have really come out to listen to the skateboarding legend speak about fatherhood. Episode 121 with retired Lieutenant Colonel Alan West has been very popular as well. The former congressman was extremely well-spoken on some of the issues facing fatherhood and the impact that that's having on our community. And Matt Roloff has brought a huge amount of new listeners to the podcast with his fan base showing up big time to listen to the star of Little People Big World who gave a candid description of life raising kids as a reality TV personality. So it has been an amazing year so far. We are only in the beginning of April here and the top five represent such a variety of perspectives on fatherhood. I mean, talk about a potpourri. The most downloaded episodes include a Navy SEAL, Super Bowl champions, an X-game legend, a former congressman and a reality tv star and that's only five episodes out of what has been a phenomenal three months of podcasting and celebrating fatherhood right here so please take a second to go back and listen to some of these extraordinary men share their fatherhood journeys and experience i can't say thank you enough to all the listeners out there for all of the support and the awesomeness continues today with a first class father and combat veteran so let's go dads fatherhood rocks family values rule and every day is father's day right here with me and i'm going to jump right into the action now with jason wood i'm alec lace and you're listening to first class fatherhood I cannot say thank you enough to all the listeners out there. You will hear a word from my sponsors in the middle of today's interview. If you would like to help me make First Class Fatherhood ad-free, please consider becoming a supporter of the podcast by hitting the link in the description of today's podcast episode. All right, and joining me now is a First Class Father. He is a combat veteran of the United States Army. He is currently a sponsored athlete who competes in obstacle course races, and he is also on the brink of receiving a PhD. It is a big honor for me to say, Jason Wood, welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Hey, thanks for having me. Okay, here we go. How many kids do you have, and how old are they? I have one daughter. Uh, She's four years old. She'll be five later on this year, so we're getting the kindergarten age now. Awesome. I have a four-year-old girl as well. She's my baby. I'm right there with you. Um, Do you have her involved in any sports or activities yet? Yeah, yeah. So uh, uh, she's been in gymnastics for the past couple months now, and a proud father moment for me was a couple weeks ago. uh, The gymnastics coaches came over and said, hey, we want to move her into the advanced class. So 
she's really enjoying that. Uh, she loves to do a little bit of dance here and there. And then uh, I've gotten her into a little bit of obstacle course racing. So she's uh, she's done one obstacle course race already here in the Virginia Beach area. And then uh, tomorrow, actually, uh, we're going to drive down to Charlotte, North Carolina, and she's going to do a, a Spartan Kids race. Wow, that's amazing, Jason. All right, please take a second here just to hit my listeners with a little bit about your background and what you do. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I'm, my, a little bit of my history is I, I was a former collegiate athlete uh, while I was in college. I also had accepted a reserve officer training corps uh, contract that helped pay uh, for my tuition. And so when I graduated college, I got a commission into the United States Army as a, as a second lieutenant, uh, as an officer, and uh, spent the next seven years uh, in the military deploying to Iraq. I deployed it three times uh, for, on three separate occasions from 04 to 05, 06 to 07, and 08 to 09. So eight months and a year between each one of those deployments. Uh, came back from that, uh, became an aide to a two-star general, um, did that for about 18 months, and then decided to uh, kind of leave the military. At that moment, uh, joined the civilian sector as a defense contractor, and from there, I've, I've been working uh, program management, and then um, also kind of working on my PhD in business leadership at the same time, and then found the sport of obstacle course racing, and have uh, kind of dedicated myself to that. Yeah, what an incredible journey you've had, and thank you for your service. Um, how old were you, Jason, when you became a dad, and how did becoming a father change your perspective on life? Yeah, so I was uh, 33, I think, if I do the math right, uh, when I when I was uh, when I became a father, and and it definitely changed everything about my life. I think um, when when I was in the military and and even post military, uh, I kind of identified myself as uh, you know as a soldier, and so um, becoming a father kind of changed my identity a little bit, uh, and it changed my purpose in life. Uh, no longer was I thinking about myself and my career and and what, you know, what was in the future for me, it was how can I best provide for my daughter? How can I best provide the life that she needs to be successful? And, and, and my identity changed from soldier to father. And so uh, that's kind of uh, how it affected me. And, and, and she's taught me way more than I'll probably ever teach her when it comes to uh, just, you know, things like patience and perspective on life and all those different things that come along with being a father. Well said. And did you do any kind of uh, gender reveal to find out what you were having before she uh, burst onto the scene here? No, no. So a funny story there. Uh, we were actually at the 20 week uh, kind of appointment where you where you kind of find out. And we were under the impression from a pre previous doctor's appointment that it might have been a boy. And so uh, so I was kind of excited about a boy. We were kind of thinking about boy names. And then at the 20 week appointment, the uh, nurse turned to us and turned to us and said, hey, do you do you, do you want to know the gender? And we said, yep. And uh, when she said, okay, it's a girl, my, probably, my jaw probably hit the floor at that moment because you go in there with expectations it's going to be a boy, and then it was a daughter. But I, I tell you what, I wouldn't change a thing. She's been the best thing that's ever happened to me. Yeah, that's awesome, Jason. Um, are you all done here, or are you going to try for the boy? Well, I think I, think I want to go for the boy down the line. I, at this point, um, myself and uh, the mother of my daughter are separated, uh, so – so, yeah, I think um, I, I'm kind of a single father, but we do the co-parenting thing. So I would like to have more children. I enjoy being a father, and so I would like to, to give that a shot. <laughs> okay, that's cool. Now, when she was a baby, did you have one of those uh, kangaroo carriers to run around with when you were training for all these obstacle courses, or did you have one of those, um, the jogging stroller? 
I definitely had the jogging stroller, so she's done that a few times. Uh, in fact, one of the first races I had done after she was born, I did a 5K and thought it was going to be really enjoyable for her to be in the, in the uh, jogging stroller and run the 5K with me. And I'd say about a mile in, she passed out and fell asleep. So uh, she she didn't quite enjoy the race as much as I did. Uh, but, yeah, and then I had, a uh, like, one of those hiking carriers on, on my back in case we ever wanted to, you know, go for walks or anything. So uh, definitely kind of got out and was active with her. Good stuff. And one thing my four-year-old daughter loves is YouTube, unfortunately, but we used Lent here to kind of break her away from that. So she's on a 40-day hiatus, whether she likes it or not. Um, does your daughter get involved with YouTube or any of the technology at all? Um, she, so she understands technology to a certain extent. Like, I think we try to limit the amount of uh, tech times that she has, uh, try to get in, in a little bit more involved with her with playing games and being outdoors and riding her bike and those kind of different things. Uh, but she probably knows how to work my phone better than I do. And uh, so, so she does the YouTube thing. There's, there's the YouTube, uh, I think it's Blippi. Uh, there's a couple of those YouTube channels that she likes to watch. And uh, she does that every now and then. But uh, so far for Lent, we've, we've kind of given up uh, Blippi for, for, for the time being. But that's probably going to pick back up after, after Lent. <laughs> Yeah, it's really amazing how fascinated they get with it. I mean, my daughter will sit there and watch other kids play with their toys, and I'm just like, hey, you know, why don't you play with your toys? And even even my older guys, they'll sit there and watch somebody else playing a video game uh, on the YouTube, and I'm like, guys, why don't you just play the video game? So I- I'm a bit lost when it comes to all that stuff. Yeah, same thing. Uh, there was those two little girls that play with dolls, and I think they make millions of dollars now on YouTube with the advertisements and everything. Uh, just playing with dolls and having a bunch of other kids watch them. So my daughter did the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> and who would have thought, you know, years ago that you could become a multimillionaire just by playing with your toys? I mean, it's incredible the possibilities that are out there today. Um, how about hanging out with friends, Jason? Or, or a word that I really can't stand too much is the play date. Um, does she have play dates? Is she getting social? Does she go over to other uh, friends' houses yet? I, you know, it's neat, and I talk about it all the time about uh, children. Uh, you know, we'll go to a playground or go to a, we go to a couple different museums, children's museums, uh, Virginia Living Museums near me, uh, and you're surrounded by other kids, and it's amazing how they kind of just interact with each other immediately and almost become best friends in 20 minutes kind of thing. And so, uh, so it's really neat to watch her interact with other kids and, and, and make friends along the way. And so she's, uh, she's very social, and so – um, we get out with her and she, she gets out with other children a lot. And, and then she's in preschool now. So she's got all her friends from preschool. So it's really fun to watch. Yeah, very cool. And since you mentioned earlier there that you're co-parenting, I mean, right now we're facing a fatherless problem in our country. I was just speaking about this with Alexander Kane yesterday on the podcast. Um, and I think a lot of it has to do with a bad experience that some dads have through our court system. You know, it always seems to tilt in the mom's favor. And a lot of dads will end up throwing their hands up and walking away from their families. What has the experience been like for you as far as co-parenting? Well, I think uh, the good thing was, is, uh, you know, while our relationship uh, didn't quite work out, I think we had a, definitely a, an understanding between the two of us about raising our daughter and, and that she needed both of us in her life. Um, and so we went, in, we went into it with that understanding. And I think uh, we've done a very good job communicating uh, kind of our expectations and, 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 and what we were, ex- you know, expecting as we go, we've gone along this journey of co-parenting. And so I've never once, you know, thought or even given any kind of thought to, to wanting to kind of throw my hands up and, 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 and do any of that. I think I've always wanted to be heavily involved in her life, 
Uh, my parents were married for, or they've been married for what, 36 years now. Um, so I've always had my father in my life and I think it makes a difference. I think it, uh, you know, being a good example for my daughter and, and showing her, uh, what, how a man should treat a woman and how a man should be present in, in, in her life and, and those kind of things, um, really will make a difference in the long haul. And so, um, I, I just have always wanted to be involved. I've wanted to do things with her and, and be, be there for her as a dad. Well said, Jason. And how about discipline? Because as for myself, I went from having three boys to having a girl, and I do discipline a bit differently with my daughter. Um, I definitely don't spank her, and I, I'm not as hard on her as I should be uh, at times, but uh, I'm struggling with that a bit myself. So uh, what type of disciplinarian are you as a father? Yeah, I think uh, for the most part, I'm a timeout guy if it comes down to that. Um, not really a spanker at all. Uh, never really done it. Um, I, I think she, uh, I've, I've been very fortunate in that she's uh, kind of very aware of what right and wrong has been for the most part and what the expectations both my myself and her mother have of her. And so she will recognize very quickly if she's done something that she shouldn't have done or, or, or you know, maybe, maybe you know, should, should have thought a little bit uh, better on, I guess. Uh, so I think we've been very fortunate there. And so even the threat of a timeout kind of turns her around and and so we've been very just blessed to have uh, a well-behaved child. <laughs> yeah, that's a blessing for sure. It is time to get an important word from our sponsors and then back with more from Jason Wood. I'm Alec Lace, and you're listening to First Class Fatherhood. We are all about creating good humans, right? But if you're finding your kids are more interested in listening to cartoon characters than you, the parent, here's a great way to get your kids thinking about what good behavior really is. The SirDap Game Show app is so much fun for kids 5 to 8 who are challenged to figure out what's polite or rude, who left a mess, or what's right for the environment, while absorbing good messages about how their behavior can affect others. Check out SirDap.com to learn more. That's S-I-R-D-A-P-P.com. How about uh, training for the obstacle course races now, Jason? Uh, what are the challenges or changes to your routine since you've become a father, or is it just business as usual? Well, I think for me, I think it's the just prioritization because it's really hard uh, for me to to do to juggle everything that I want to juggle and, and, and have her be involved at the level that I, I think she would want to be involved in. So with my PhD work, with training, and then with her, I've definitely tried to prioritize that a little bit. So that, if that means waking up at 4.30 in the morning before she wakes up and jumping on the treadmill in the house and getting my run in and, uh, and doing that before and then spending the morning with her, getting her ready for preschool or even in the evening, you know, when she gets out of school and I pick her up and, and we spend those two or three hours together, uh, this solid quality time together uh, before she goes to bed and then I'll spend time after uh, she goes to sleep and either get a run in that I maybe missed in the morning or, or, or catch up on the PhD work that I've, uh, I've had assigned to me. So um, I, I just try to make sure that the quality time I have with her, I'm present there with her and there's not anything else distracting me from, from my time with her. Okay. And as far as all the Spartan races or obstacle course races that you've done so far, which one has been the most challenging for you to complete or, or to compete in? Um, yeah, so I think the, the most challenging one I ever did was, uh, one in, uh, uh, Killington. Was it Killington? No, Palmerton. Palmerton, uh, up in Pennsylvania. Um, it's a very mountainous course, very, a lot of, a lot of incline and a lot of climbing. 
And so I think for me, uh, that was the race where uh, I got, I kind of, you know, recently kind of went through and just said, oh man, this is, this is a really tough one. But if, if, if you're looking at it from an overall perspective of, you know, where I came from, it was my first Spartan race in Virginia. Um, I had, I was overweight. I was completely out of shape. I was coming out of through the separation uh, between me and my ex. And I was just in a bad way, kind of mentally and physically. And so that first Spartan race was the one where, um, you know, I competed in the open heat. I wasn't doing kind of the elite heats. Uh, I was just out there trying to give it a shot. And I'd say about halfway through it, when we got to a bucket carry, uh, I kind of had that moment where, you know, I wanted to quit. Uh, but I kind of pushed through it. And then when I finished, I remember kind of collapsing on the ground afterwards, you know, dead to the world, but, uh, but had become addicted to, to the sport at that moment. And uh, from there, I just kind of signed up for one every month and kept doing them. And then over time, I saw my uh, fitness progress. And then uh, not only had my fitness progress, but also my kind of mental well-being kind of uh, grew from that. And I, I surrounded myself with a community of people that thought the same way, uh, that, that were very um, um, go-getters, you know, wanted to change their lives, and then uh, kind of from there, my social media influence kind of grew, and I started becoming, I guess, uh, an influencer to a lot of different people, and uh, it's kind of driven me to keep going and keep improving myself and, and just uh, wanting to be uh, of service to, to the people out there in the world and tell them, hey, you can, you can go from that guy that could barely finish a Spartan race and was out of shape and was going through a separation and was just mentally um, not there uh, and probably was a horrible example for your child to a guy that uh, today I'm very proud of. And I'd, I'd like to say I've, I've, I've been a pretty good example of, of, of what a man should be for my daughter. Yeah, and the Spartan races have become extremely popular. They're everywhere now. I mean, I was fortunate enough to have Joe DeSena on the podcast here, and he does an amazing job of incorporating kids into the mix here. And he's got a big goal of getting uh, like a million kids off the couch. And, and one of the things that makes that kind of difficult, especially with the older kids, is all this social media, because depending on who you follow, it can inspire you or it can just make you really depressed. So uh, who are some of the people that you follow maybe on social media? Yeah, so I, I mean, I follow a couple different. Uh, I guess it's different sects of people, the different sectors of people, I should say. Um, it's there's a lot of fitness folks that I follow. Um, folks like you know, The Rock is one of them that that I follow pretty closely. Uh, Steve Weatherford, who you've had on the show, uh, is another person I follow. Um, very positive mindset, fitness focused, uh, you know, individuals that are out there. Um, and then I follow a lot of folks from the obstacle course racing community, uh, some of the guys I compete with, and then a lot of folks that uh, I, I think have inspirational messages uh, that, are, that are part of that community. And then I do follow uh, a lot of fathers uh, and then father-related pages because you, got, you get a lot of great ideas. And as a single father, uh, when you're with, uh, with your daughter and you're spending that quality time, it's nice to have some ideas about, you know, how fathers treat, you know, everything from meal planning for them and their daughter to all the way to, you know, you know, ideas for games and play dates and those kind of things. So those are kind of the, the bases of folks I, I follow, but yeah, I mean, it's, 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 uh, it, it can definitely be an interesting world and it could teach you a lot of things. It can be very positive if you, if you're following the right people, but if you're following, you know, di you know, a different kind of folks, uh, you know, it's, it's, it'd be much different experience for you on social media. 
Yeah, definitely. And and since you've already introduced your daughter to obstacle course racing and it's such a big part of your life, the whole scene, what could you tell other parents out there who are maybe considering signing their kids up for a Spartan race? Uh, what can they expect? Yeah, I mean, I think it's like anything with sport and, and, and having your children uh, compete or, or, or participate in sport. It's it's at this moment in their lives, especially with my daughter, she's out there to have fun. Uh, she's out there to uh, to enjoy the kind of being outdoors and enjoy the moment and spending some quality time with me because uh, I get a chance to run around the course with her, uh, cheer her on, uh, kind of help her through because there's some, there's some tougher obstacles uh, for, for the kids. And so it's a, it's an opportunity for them to be challenged a little bit and to, uh, to learn that they can overcome obstacles themselves, even at a very early age. And so I think what Joe and, and Spartan have done with the kids races is, is, is more than just, uh, teaching kids to get off the couch and, and, and be active. I think it's teaching them, uh, kind of the simple aspects as well as, you know, you know, as the physical, it's teaching them that they can overcome obstacles and they can be strong and they can, they can do things and that they didn't think were possible uh, when they first started it. And then, you know, as they reflect on the race after the days after, it's one of their most proudest moments. I, I think my daughter from her first obstacle course race in Virginia Beach was back in October, and she still grabs that medal off, off her uh, little door stand and, and shows it to me and reminds me of the race and uh, all the things that she accomplished during that race. So, as a parent, getting your children started into any kind of sport, I think it's it's have fun with it, but also uh, make sure that they're learning the messages and the and the the the, the overall um, um, you know what wh- what they should be learning uh, from it more so than just the competitive. I want to be number one. It's it's the lessons that you you should be learning from the sport. Yeah, well said. All right, what's coming up next for you, Jason? What kind of goals or plans do you have for yourself for the future? Yeah, so uh, the upcoming ones are definitely, uh, you know, for my PhD, I should be completing that here in the near future, hopefully by the end of 2019, uh, early 2020. Hopefully I'll be Dr. Wood. Um, and it's in my, my PhD is in business leadership. Um, so I, I would definitely like to uh, lead that uh, degree into uh, becoming a, a business owner or owning my own nonprofit. I'm kind of heavily involved in a lot of nonprofit work. In fact, I'm going to Nepal uh, next month with a group called Wine to Water uh, that uh, they look, they seek to bring clean drinking water to villages and communities that don't have it. And so I've, I've traveled to the Amazon last year with them. I'm traveling to Nepal this year. Uh, so I want to continue that um, in some way, uh, maybe start my own nonprofit. And then uh, just continue on this course of, of, of Spartan racing, obstacle course racing, I've been very fortunate that it's led me uh, to getting sponsorships and opportunities that I never thought possible for me. Uh, talking to you, you know, talking to you today is an opportunity that a year ago I thought would never be possible. And because of social media and because of what I've been doing with, with obstacle course racing, these opportunities have kind of become uh, apparent and, 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 and brought themselves to me. And so I want to keep doing that, keep being, uh, keep helping people. And then ultimately the biggest thing is just keep being a positive a role model for my daughter, keep, uh, keep doing the things I think uh, are, are add value to her life and, and teach her the values that, that I would like to see her grow up with. Good stuff. Yeah, I love your whole philosophy there. Last thing I want to hit you with here, I love to ask all the dads that I get on the podcast, what type of advice do you have for that new dad or for that about-to-be father who's out there listening? Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, and I've been thinking about this uh, a little bit because I've listened to some of your other podcast episodes. 
I think the biggest thing for me is 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 be present in your children's life. Um, you know, there's there's going to be opportunities uh, for you to uh, to kind of you know go off that path. I think as, as men, we tend to want to be providers for our families, uh, especially when you're having that first child or you're a brand new father. Your your mindset clicks into I have a, a, a tiny human being I have to take care of now and I have to provide for. And so you can kind of very easily become wrapped up in just work and, and wanting to, you know, make the most money you can, provide those opportunities for, for your children. But at the same time, they want daddy. Uh, they want daddy in their life and they want to play with daddy. They want to get on the floor and, and play games and, and, and do things with you. So, be present. And I know in this age of technology, you know, it's very easy to say you're present with your daughter as she's out in the playground uh, playing, but you're on the phone playing around on Instagram or, or Snapchat or, you know, checking emails or whatever you're going to be doing. Put the phone down and, 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 and be present physically and mentally with your child and, and, and enjoy them because it's only a limited amount of time that you're going to have with them before uh, you know, they become teenagers and they, 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 you know, they get older and they don't necessarily need you uh, as much as they do at this point. So enjoy life, be present in their life and, 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 and just, you know, know that they want you more than uh, you providing those opportunities for them. And that it's a, it's a, it's a balance you just have to uh, learn, to, learn, learn to come into. Well said. I love the advice. This has been an honor for me. I got to say, Jason Wood, thank you for your service. And thank you so much for giving me a few minutes of your time on First Class Fatherhood. Thanks. Really appreciate it. Okay. I'm back with a couple of closing thoughts in just a second here. Back to wrap things up here on First Class Fatherhood. I got to give a special thank you once again to Jason Wood for giving me a few minutes of his time here. That was so cool. Please hit me up on Twitter, guys, or drop me that DM over on Instagram. I always love to read your feedback. And then lock it in for tomorrow. We may get a little bit of a surprise here. I'm having a bit of a difficulty retrieving the audio from my interview with Grant Cardone, the entrepreneur extraordinaire. Um, so I may have to make a change to the schedule. Follow me on Instagram for the latest. If I do have to make a change, you'll find out about it there first. Friday, one way or the other, I'm going to have my interview with MMA fighter Eric Anders as he gets ready to square off against Khalil Roundtree in UFC 236. So don't miss out on that. That's all I got for you guys today. I'm Alec Lace. You have been listening to First Class Fatherhood. And please remember, guys, we are not babysitters. We are fathers. And we're not just fathers. We are first class fathers. Tall as a tree, I saw feeling so